For the first time since 2009, the Seahawks have a new head man in charge on the sidelines. Here to break down Mike McDonald, we've got Kevin Ostriker of Locked On Ravens and a jam-packed bonus episode coming your way. Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A special thanks to all the 12s out there for tuning in on this special Sunday episode and making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Whether you're listening in nearby Spokane or Cologne, Panama, we greatly appreciate each and every one of you. Joining the show today, we've got Kevin Ostriker of Locked On Ravens to dive into Seattle's new head coach. He knows Mike McDonald extremely well from all those years as an assistant and a defensive coordinator for the Ravens. Going to be breaking that down and some free agent talk as well. This bonus episode is coming your way, courtesy of DoorDash. Why root for a team on an empty stomach? That is a game day travesty that ensures you won't be cheering at your very best, especially during the big game. Order on DoorDash and save on football watch party favorites. Right now, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order, downloading the DoorDash app and entering the code LOCKED23. When the big game comes up next weekend, I got to make sure to order Jet City Pizza, my favorite gluten-free pizza place in the Seattle region. Make sure to get a two-liter root beer and some cinnamon sticks for the rest of the party as well. DoorDash makes the process so easy i don't have to leave the comfort of my couch for delicious great tasting food that includes during the halftime show if you're ready to satisfy your taste buds on game day quench those cravings with your favorite local restaurants at doordash get 50 percent off up to a 10 dollar value when you spend 15 dollars or more on your first order using the doordash app and enter the code lock 23 subject to change terms apply all right, 12, we are really excited to have Kevin Ostriker of Locked on Ravens, one of my favorite hosts on the network to team up with. We do Locked on NFL sometimes together as well and knows the X's and O's, the schematic stuff. And obviously, Kevin, we appreciate you being on the show, but we love the fact that you've been covering this Ravens team for a long time. And oh, by the way, Mike McDonald's been in their staff nine of the last 10 years. So you have a really good idea of what is going to be coming to Seattle, replacing Pete Carroll. First off, how would you describe his coaching style? Because I can just tell you from the first press conference, 180 degree difference from Pete Carroll, not in a bad way, nothing bad about it, but just seemed like a much different personality, but how does that reflect in his coaching style from what you've seen over the years? Yeah, Corbin, I, th I think when you talk about Mike McDonald, I mean, first of all, I think players coach is what comes to mind for a lot of people. He he has the pulse on his players and we've kind of seen the NFL go in that direction. But when you talk about the typical NFL head coach hire nowadays, it's all, it has to be this young, bright offensive mind. And that's where the league is going. When in reality, players and coaches, you know, they, they have to mesh in a certain way, right? It doesn't have to be the be all end all of a franchise, but for Mike McDonald, he's passionate about his players. He wants to put his players in the positions that they are going to be utilized best with their skill sets. The Ravens had a bunch of versatile players on that defense. And that's part of what makes a guy like Mike McDonald so successful. But from a coaching perspective, he puts those guys in positions and understands the game. And what I mean by that is one of the things that impressed me most about Mike McDonald is the adjustments that he made, not only throughout games, you know, halftime adjustments are huge for, for any coach, 
But even during a season, he, he just knows the X's and O's of the game. You mentioned he, he was on the Ravens staff for so long. He worked under a bunch of really great coaches that went on to be either defensive coordinators, head coaches in their own right. And the thing that I liked the most, and especially when he came back to Baltimore the first time, is there was all this conversation about him when he was first hired as a defensive coordinator about, oh, well, he's just going to be this Harbaugh puppet type of guy who is going to go through Harbaugh. But McDonald went to Michigan for that year, and he turned that defense around in Ann Arbor. And he did his own thing over there. Now, he had the Ravens principles over there, and obviously Jim had it too, and that's why they were so successful in winning the national championship this past yeah. season. But then you have McDonald coming back to Baltimore, still having the Ravens way in him, but he has the experience of going and running his own show. He ran it for two years in Baltimore, and the coaching style is he's not going to get deterred by anything. This defense was so successful for essentially two years under him. I really don't have anything bad to say about the way that he goes about the game, the way that he communicates with his players, and has them he had them ready to play each and every week, which I think Seahawks fans are going to love. John Schneider called him a marketplace changer during Thursday's introductory press conference, which I thought was maybe the best compliment that he gave him the entire day. We're talking about a guy that really is a trendsetter. He is that up and coming, now the youngest coach in the NFL that you are looking to bring new ideas. And everybody's looking on the offensive side of the ball for those kind of coaches. But John Schneider went to defense to do that. You mentioned the transformation that McDonald made with this Ravens defense, and quite frankly, Michigan as well. They were not a great defense the year before, and then their top 10, only season that Mike McDonald's there. They go from 19th in scoring the last year with Wink Martindale to being third overall and then first this year, first defense ever to be first in scoring defense, sacks, and turnovers. That had never happened in a single season before. What is it about him from a schematic standpoint? And maybe this can also go with the coaching style, but what allowed him to be able to maximize the players he had? Because a lot of the players that they had on the roster the last two years, there was a lot of carryover. They made some changes like Roquan Smith, but there was a lot of carryover. How did you see him maximize the talent around him? And that goes in with the adjustments you mentioned as well. Yeah, I think for McDonald, the way I would classify, you know, not only coaching style, but the way he maximizes these guys is coordinated aggressiveness, where sometimes a coach can be too aggressive and they can blitz too often and that can get you into trouble. But Mike McDonald, especially with the versatile pieces like a Kyle Hamilton, who's kind of your your do-it-all Swiss Army knife for the Ravens, he used him in so many different ways, whether it was creeping him up into the box. And the thing that Mike McDonald loves to do is send defensive backs on those blitzes off the edge. He did it with Hamilton, and Hamilton had three sacks in the first half against the Colts in week three because of it. Arthur Millette, who was their slot guy, they used him on a bunch of those coordinated blitzes. And sometimes it is sending these guys up to the line and then not blitzing everyone. It's something we had seen in this McDonald scheme or the system. It goes back and has been kind of shaped over the past decade or so by other Ravens coaches, Don Martindale, Dean Pease, Rex Ryan, those defensive coordinators. But you see other stuff sprinkled in. And part of that is where the Ravens, where they were at their best is with McDonald's defense. Sometimes opposing offenses can take some short stuff and they can take some intermediate stuff. And the Ravens, they gave that up last season, but there was no way you were beating that team deep. I think the Ravens only gave up, including the playoffs, maybe two or three deep, deep shots. And if they did give those up, if you got inside, you know, the Ravens 25 or you start to creep into that red zone, Mike McDonald's defense tightened up. And it's almost that like, you know, the, the phrase Brent Ben don't break that. That was what the Ravens did. And yep. they were a top red zone defense. 
And in terms of their fourth quarter defense, that was one of the areas that was a little shaky at the beginning of the season, but they tightened up and it was about those adjustments. And I think you saw it was on full display in front of the world in the AFC championship game where the Ravens defense struggled at first against Patrick Mahomes. And there were some things that didn't really go their way. Mike McDonough went to that halftime locker room. He adjusted. And although I think the Chiefs did get a bit conservative in their game plan, the Ravens held the Chiefs to five punts, no points. And then the last possession was an end of game. So with McDonald, he loves to have that coordinated aggressiveness. And I think if you have the right players, I mean, the Ravens, they had Kyle Hamilton, they had Roquan Smith. But look, McDonald talked about Spoon, as he called him, in that Seattle secondary. I, for me personally, I'm super excited to see how he utilizes those players. And maybe other players he brings in during the offseason here. You just led perfectly into my next question here because this is the way the NFL works. And quite frankly, this is how college football is working without any policing, which makes it even worse. But when you bring in a new coach in the NFL, especially one that is a first-time head coach like Mike McDonald, I know some 12s out there have some reservations about the fact he's never been a head coach, but he's worked for both Harbaugh's. I don't think that's an issue. But being the new coach, you can ease that transition by bringing in a few guys, or at least one or two guys that you coached previously in Baltimore. He is going to have Mike Morris, who he coached at Michigan, on the roster. So he already has a built-in player that he knows well. But the Ravens have a lot of big defensive names that are set to potentially hit free agency. And this is going to be a sore topic for Raven fan, Kevin. But which of these players do you foresee potentially hitting the market and who would be the player that you would put the biggest odds on to go to the Pacific Northwest with McDonald this season? Yeah, well, I've certainly seen a lot of this on social media, Corbin. I think when you're you're talking about a Ravens player, one that isn't necessarily expected back in Baltimore, still could return. But I think you look at Patrick Queen as a player, and I know Seattle, their inside line, you got got to wonder what's going to happen with Jordan Brooks or you know what what's going on with a guy like Bobby Wagner. For Patrick Queen, he is he is Mike McDonald's guy and Mike McDonald is his guy. Th those two have a bond together. And with the Ravens, the reality is they just paid Roquan Smith in a hundred million dollar contract. Can in today's NFL, can you justify giving two inside linebackers? I mean, Patrick Queen is expected to maybe get an a hundred million dollar contract or an $80 million contract. If you're the Ravens, can you justify having those two players on the roster and Queen and Roquan Smith, almost cost $200 million total together. And plus you have Justin Matabike, who you have to at least franchise tag others as well. So for me, it seems like with the Ravens also drafting Trenton Simpson in the third round of this past draft, they had a succession plan already. So it seems like Patrick Queen, he also referred to the Ravens as they instead of we during the Pro Bowl. So it seems like some writing might be on the wall. And for, for Queen, it, it makes sense for him to go and follow his guy, in McDonald to his Seattle defense that I think, you know, has talent in that secondary and does does face some inside linebacker questions this offseason. Maybe they decide to bring back a guy, but Queen would add a speed element to that defense. And honestly, I know there's been a lot of conversation about him and, oh, well, how much better does Roquan Smith make him? Is, is he his own player? He absolutely is. And he was, he was getting better before Roquan came in. Roquan just elevates everybody. It's not just a Patrick Queen. He elevates yep. everybody on defense. So I think Queen is ready. If he does depart Baltimore and he goes to a place like Seattle, he'd be ready to be that middleman in the middle of a defense. And Queen's numbers improved dramatically the last two years when McDonald came back from Michigan. So, as you said, there's a natural fit there, maybe Clowney as well. He's already played in Seattle, and who knows what his cost is going to be at this stage of his career. But 
Last question here real quick. This is really what 12s care about. Obviously, the free agency is a big deal, bringing in somebody like Patrick Queen. Some fans want Matabuke. That's not going to happen, but Patrick Queen certainly could be a possibility. But in your opinion, what are realistic expectations? I know you that narrowly missed the playoffs. They got a lot of talent, didn't play up to that talent last year. What do you think are realistic expectations in year one for Mike McDonald? I think this team can 100% be a playoff team. And and honestly, you know, it seems like it's the 49ers division for a lot of people, but that doesn't mean the 49ers are going to be 100% guaranteed to win it. I think the Seattle will be in contention for the NFC West this year. But if, if, they, if the 49ers are still that standard and the 49ers still win the division, I could see Seattle as the five seed in the NFC and, and by a pretty clear wide margin, almost like, you know, they're in contention for that West for the majority of the season. I'm not saying they can't win the division. I think Seattle is very talented. You bring in a guy like McDonald. I think that he elevates the ceiling and the floor of the Seahawks for this next year. But this is somebody that a lot of people in Baltimore wanted as the succession plan for John Harbaugh and are very disappointed that that is not a reality for the team anymore. People in Baltimore realize the potential that Mike McDonald has. And we could be looking back in five years for a Mike McDonald-led Seahawks team. And Ravens fans in Baltimore could be saying, man, they really missed out on an opportunity to have that succession plan in place. But the reality for Baltimore was once John Harbaugh made that step forward and took the team to the championship game, it was never going to happen. The Seahawks pounced on that opportunity. There's a lot of potential with the Seahawks team. And plus he, he has a, the Ravens have a great, was a rookie wide receiver last year in Zay Flowers. Seahawks have the exact same thing in Jackson Smith and Jigba. So the pieces are in place. You have Kenneth Walker and a bunch of talent. There are holes to improve, but I think McDonald with the talent that he has been around in Baltimore and, and the winning seasons he has had there, two successful years. And he adjusted. Week two against Miami last year was his worst game as a coordinator. He adjusted the very next week. His defense put on a show against the Patriots, and it really was only on the up from there for Mike McDonald. So I, I sense the Seahawks team is going to be in contention next season, and I'm excited to see what McDonald can do with the Seahawks. Get AMP 12s. No pressure, Mike McDonald, but certainly this is a team that has been in contention. They just couldn't get over the hump in recent years. They like the young core they've got. They like the pieces they have on defense, including Spoon, as you mentioned, the one player that was name dropped by Mike McDonald. He is fired up to coach who could be the defensive rookie of the year this year. We'll find that out later this week. A special thanks here to Kevin Ostreicher for joining the show. Great insight on Seattle's new head coach. Make sure to follow him on X at Ostreicher 34 He also does NFL, Locked On NFL here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for listening in and enjoy your weekend. Go Hawks.